18 You can't smoke up. weed, you can't see me. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> So I just made out with a microphone. Yeah, you did. All for a TikTok. So you gotta go check it out. Um, yeah. It was nasty. <laughs> I feel ashamed. My mother's probably gonna see that. Be like, <sighs> what are you doing, Anna? What are you doing with your life? Nothing. <laughs> you're doing a podcast. Yeah, I'm doing a podcast. You're, I'm sorry, you're recording Oh. Podcast. Yeah, I'm not... Well, earlier I was doing a podcast yeah, when, when I was making out with the microphone. Uh, no, this is How Not to Die. I'm Anna. I'm Betsy. And I apparently am microsexual. Oh my god. <laughs> Stop. Stop. Right there. I hate you. I hate you. Wow, I, I can't even state how much I hate that pun. That pun was like, get out. <laughs> Oh my goodness. <laughs> if you're wondering what she was referring to, go follow us on TikTok at How Not To Die Podcast, and you will see Anna making out with a microphone. I, I sincerely hope that there's no children listening to this, because this is not a child-friendly podcast. This is a... I mean, I like to think that I'm fucking child-friendly, but damn, sometimes I do get a little sweary. I... <laughs> You think? Um, I am, yeah. If you are, if you're under the age of 16, please go away. Call your mother. Yeah. Tell her you love her. Tell her you, actually, if you're listening to this podcast at all, please go tell your mother you love her. Yes. Unless she was abusive, then you don't owe her shit. You don't have to, yeah, you don't have to tell her you love her. Just tell someone you love that you love them. Yeah, yeah. Reach absolutely. out. Be just like, hey, you, you were important to me. Yeah. Or are important, I guess I shouldn't say. You were, were important. You were important. Welcome to, me. to the murder but show. You're not. <laughs> you were. Did I say what episode this was? This is episode three, part two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I just said it for you, so. Oh, no, hey, that works. This is um, Michigan Murders, or da, 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 da. as we uh, ended up doing Ann Arbor Murders. Right. <laughs> Sorry, Ann Arbor. You deserve it. You have U of M there. Michigan State. Michigan State. Green, white, green. Where is it? White, green. No, it's green, white. Wow. Go green, go white. Wow. I'm a horrible I don't, state fan. I, yeah, I am too. I don't even, I'm not really even a state fan. I just I'm, I'm, live in I just Lansing. feel like it's part of my blood because my mom and my grandpa were both Spartans. Go them. Yeah, my grandpa got his uh, master's in geological physics. And then my mom got her degree in accounting, I think. Both of those sound horrible. They're very good, tedious. Good for them. Yeah. I don't... I... Okay, mad respect for accounting people out there, because I don't... I like making spreadsheets and goofing around, but I could not do that all day, every day. Anyway. Yeah. Back to the murder. <laughs> Back to murders. So, picture this. Ann Arbor. 1975. People's bell bottoms were ringing as they walked down the sidewalk. And racism was high. Racism was and is a problem. Yes. 
Racism has never gone away. It has yeah. never not it's been still there. But it was much more like, I've, well, actually, no. I don't know how to, I feel like, especially in the 60s, it was yeah. like. Well, there is, yeah. It was considered acceptable. I mean, yeah, which is stupid. And now I feel like it's much less acceptable, but there's still people. Oh, yeah, are, there's still people who are. Who think there it's were acceptable. good things and there were bad things. Yeah. Bad thing, racism. Good thing, bell bottoms. Bad thing, probably not a lot of air conditioning. Good thing, weed. Mm. So you were high, you didn't notice the air conditioning. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Who cares about AC when you're not even in Ann Arbor? Yeah. When you're off in Wizard of Oz land. <laughs> Dreaming dreams of better places. <laughs> He's like psychedelics. And, yeah. I, can it, is it obvious I've never smoked weed before? Come on. Yeah, you haven't? No, I've never <gasps> smoked weed. Okay, we're going to have to take that cherry. I've never taken weed. You never had or, the devil's lettuce. I've never had the devil's lettuce. I've never eaten it. I've never shot it up my face. It's veins. really nice. No, just Actually, it's really good for your anxiety. It makes you sleep yeah. like a... Well, at least for me. For my sister, it makes her have terrible anxiety. But for me, it's like kind of like a Benadryl. Yeah. Take it before I go to bed. I mean, not every night. I've taken it, like, twice before I go to bed, but... Anyway, well, think... the other day, my mom was like, Honey, you should really consider getting marijuana for your anxiety. And I was like, Are you my mother? Did you just... She's like, Oh, yeah, Dylan. Dylan, a family friend. Dylan, he's been using it, and it's been really good. I'm like, Cool. Who are you, and what have you done with yeah, my mom? I'm like, the bystanders have come. Yeah. Anyway... So, Ann Arbor, 1975. There is a, a veterans hospital. Veterans hospital. hospital. And it was a busy, hot, annoying summer. Everyone was just overloaded with work. It was crazy. And then all of a sudden, there was a spike in cardiac arrest. So doctors rushing all over the place, and it was just kind of odd. Because people were like, this... I mean, it's usual, obviously, to have problems in a hospital. I mean, that's why you're at the hospital, because you mm -hmm. have problems. But this was just next level, and they were like, what is going on? So the doctors began investigating. Um, in particular, Dr. Ann Hall, who was the head of anesthesiology, which I think is really cool that back in 1975 there was a woman head of her oh, field yeah. at a hospital. Um, and then also, like, just, like, she sadly passed away, I think, earlier this year or last year. And just reading her obituaries and things about her. She seemed like a wonderful person. I mean, she really took good care of her patients. She followed up days afterwards to make mm -hmm. sure they were okay. She was just a wonderful, wonderful person. So she's in charge of anesthesiology and she was like, okay, I am going to figure this out. This is weird and shady and whatever. And then, um, after doing some tests, um, and trying to like kind of figure it out, she discovered that it was the drug Palvalon and um, that for the effect that the pavilion had on the patients who were injected with it, it would have had to been administered through their IV tube, and then it would be about three minutes until they went into cardiac arrest. So a little bit. Oh, sorry. I just stupid question. Uh -huh. Cardiac arrest. That's when you like flatline, right? Or is it like when I you start flatlining? I'm not quite sure. I don't know the proper definition of it. Because I'm like, damn, how would you even... Three minutes. I mean, it's like, there's not really a lot of hope there. Well, there is. So basically, like, I'll get into kind of what the poison does. And there is an antidote. 
Um, but basically, okay. the poison, what it does is it paralyzes you so you can't breathe. So they can get you on, like, an intubation, like, tube, so it's, like, pumping. Why do they thing. even have something like that? So it's, let me see. I have it in my notes. Um, oh, yeah. So in hospitals, um, from my understanding, it paralyzes a patient um, to make it easier to intubate. So when they stick a tube down your throat. Okay. And then it also um, can help prevent muscle spasms during surgery. So if it's like, if you're given a big dosage of it, then it'll stop you from breathing. Yeah, because it's a paralyzing type thing. Okay, so it's like giving too much to them. Yeah. To do, okay. Yeah, gotcha. and, yeah. And so, um, so when they found um, the pavilion... Um, it was kept in a common area without a lock. So just, anyone could get to it. And you've been to a hospital, right? Like, you know how crazy those places are? People walking everywhere? Dude, when I got my C-section done, Mm -hmm. they were, like, crazy just about their Tylenol. Yeah. Like... No, these people literally, like, I mean, back then, security was really lax. People could come in and out. They could get a uniform. And they could pretend whoever they were. You know, it was crazy. Lack of security. All the things I could um, have done in 1975. Yeah. Not, not like, murder things. <laughs> like, not murder. Just, like, random chaos. I could just... I could... Yeah. I could make the world chaotic. Yeah. No, it's... It's... You know, it was really terrible. So, obviously, after they kind of realized that, that it was the drug, they put it under lock and key. Which I'm kind of like... Everything should be under lock and key, but that's okay. You know, whatever. Well, and then if the murders kept happening, then you would have a narrow down of, like, who has access to the keys. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's sad because it's just, like, further proof. I mean, kind of like how you were talking about in your case, where the the guy was like, oh, I was here, and they didn't check his alibi, and that caused, like, what, four more women to be killed? Yeah. Because people just had that goodwill trust. And I'm like, I love to think the best of people, but they're freaks who will do whatever they want to get their jollies, and yeah. it's disgusting. Um, so basically, Pelvalon is a synthetic version of what South Americans use in poison darts. Um, Damn. A couple other crimes that were that used this drug were the skin hunters in Poland. I kind of want to like look that one up and do it for a later episode. It just sounds really interesting. And then... Like international murders. Yeah. And then Richard Angelo killed at least ten people in a hospital in New York. Um, I didn't look so up this what had year. literally happened before. Yeah, I'm not sure if it. I'm not sure if it was before or after, but I think it was around oh. the same time. Okay. Yeah. Um, and yeah, no people like it. It had been abused before several times. Um, so what's really scary is what it does to you. I mean, like I said, it paralyzes you, but it doesn't make you go unconscious. So you're fully awake. And you're trapped in your body, you can't move, you can't breathe. Dude. And you just suffocate to death. Can't talk. Can you even imagine what those poor people thought well, in a few minutes and it's life? Yeah, and it's it's used um, in lethal injections and euthanasia in some countries. Dude, that's horrible. It's like the first step, but um, Amnesty International has objected to it because it paralyzes the victim but doesn't knock them out or dull pain. So it's like, oh, well, this is a painless, you know, capital punishment. And it's like, but is it, though? If the person's paralyzed and can't communicate, how can they communicate that they're not in pain? 
Okay, so weird, sorry, sidetrack really yeah. quick. Weird little tidbit. I was reading this document, this article about how doctors didn't used to believe that infants could feel pain. And so they would paralyze them mm. for surgeries, but not give them painkillers oh. of any kind. Yeah. Oh. So there are like... Who was of, the fucked up guy who came up with that idea? It was like they had done some tests of like poking a baby's foot and them not reacting. So they thought that that meant that they didn't feel pain. When in reality, that's just baby's motor skills might not yeah. be quite functioning properly. Oh my and so there were like tons of like surgeries done on babies, so not up. given painkillers. So, I mean, that's probably some people walking around this earth who had surgeries as infants and talk about trauma. No, if I'm ever in a coma and they have to do surgery on me, make sure that they give me painkillers because there are people who are wide awake when they're in a coma and they just can't move. Yeah. So, just letting you know. Yeah. That's how I feel. Um, but there is a, there is an antidote and it's pretty common, um, just like two medications put together. One's mainly to combat the symptoms and the other one's to combat the side effects of the antidote. Um, so because of all the, po of all the poisonings, the doctors call in the FBI. And as soon as the FBI arrives on the scene, all the poisonings stop. So whoever, uh, is doing it knows that there's, you know, people looking into it. So it's like, okay, you know, it's not... It's not like, oh, we're still sneaking around doing it. They're like, we're done. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. So the agent suspected that it would be someone on the staff that would um, look professional. Because they would be people that would be able to carry out the poisonings without looking suspicious. I mean, I could, I definitely could see that because I feel like you would notice if there was like a random person who yeah. was in the hospital for a super long time. But I, I don't know. Hospitals I, I don't are know. Big, I though. feel like it could be like Joe Schmo could steal scrubs. That's true. I mean, because there are tons of ways. I mean, me. lying is you know not that hard. I mean. Yeah. Imagine, no, like, oh, I'm an intern visiting from, I mean, they were in Ann Arbor, I'm an intern from U of M, and I needed to do this procedure for blah, 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 blah. There's just, like, shit you can pull out of your butt. Yeah. And, so, like, I get it on one hand, but on the other hand, it's not even under lock and key. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder, in today's world, with, like, mm -hmm. security cameras the way they are, how long could a person reasonably stay inside of a hospital not being a patient mm -hmm. but just like going to different waiting rooms in the different parts oh. and just sitting around or walking around like how many days could you stay in a hospital without them figuring it out and kicking you out that's a good point like if i was homeless i feel like that's what i would straight up yeah. do well and then also like i mean if there's an empty room the empty room has a bathroom and a shower yeah. Or going down to wherever the doctors scrub up and take a shower there. Yeah. Go to the cafeteria, swipe some food. Like, ugh. Yeah. That's, yeah. I don't know. That's, that's Or you could just point. constantly be like, I'm a, I'm a family member. Oh, yeah. Like. Yeah. How would, I'm like, how would they know? They're gonna know. Yeah. Yeah. But no, it, they're gonna know. They're gonna know. They're gonna know. But how? How would they know? Yeah. Like. Yeah. I feel like they would have to have video footage of several days of you being in there before yeah. they could 
do any nasty. Yeah. Nasty. Um, so during this time, the FBI was under a lot of pressure because they had just dealt with the disappearance of Jimmy Hoffa. Um, some people mm-hmm. wonder if this caused the FBI to jump to conclusions too quickly. Um, and also, all the evidence that was provided in the case was all circumstantial. Mm. So, circumstantial is kind of like, you go to sleep, there's no snow, you wake up, there's snow, therefore you can infer that snow has fallen during the night. But that's not the same as, like, yeah. Sally went in a room mm-hmm. where Johnny was, Sally came out of the room, mm-hmm. you go in the room and Johnny's dead. Well, that it's is, not... that would be the same. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the same... But then it—that's not actual proof. That it's not Sally like I was in. John. Yeah, it's like I—I I w- it's not like I was in the room and I saw her stick. Like I saw her pull, fill the syringe with Pavlon, stick it in his IV, and give it to him. And three minutes later, he convulsed and died. Yeah, no, it's literally like, it, and that's the thing. I'm like, their security is so lax. Someone could get a janitor's uniform. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's crazy. Um, so. They obviously, because they were looking for people that they thought would be professional, they went um, through all the staff first and then kind of narrowed it down to a couple different people. So there's 29-year-old Philippe Pina um, Nathiso, um, who was age 29. Nur- or she was a nurse. And then nurse Leor- Leonora Perez, 31. And then um, nurse supervisor Betty Yakim. And then there were a couple other smaller suspects, including some staff members, a nursing assistant who was granted immunity, which I think is really sus, and then an unidentified man in a surgeon's green general uniform that was seen near the victims. Just a random guy. That's super suspicious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but guess who out of these people they chose to focus on? The women. The women who were also minorities. And immigrants. Of course. Mm-hmm. So let's kind of dive into these wonderful women that were... So they didn't even have a name for the random dude? No. They were just, just like, like... Well, there was this one guy who was dressed in a general surgeon's uniform, but we don't know who he is. How would you not know who... D- This is what's so effed up about this case, and that's why I brought and up the Jimmy Hoffa thing. this was in 1975? Yeah. That means that if he was the murderer, he could still be oh, yeah. walking around doing shit. Oh, yeah. Paying taxes. Maybe not. I don't know. I hope not, because I just want to hate him all the way. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Drinking coffee. Oh, my gosh. No. Fuck it's, no. Coffee it's is just... for decent people. Not no, murderers. Not murderers. If you drink coffee and you're a murderer, you're committing a double crime. Um, so getting into a little bit, um, behind the different nurses, um, so nurse Filipina, um, Nathiso, sorry I'm saying the names kind of disjointedly, I looked up the pronunciation and I wrote them exactly how they're pronounced, because I'm terrible at pronouncing names, I want to make sure I got them right. Yeah. Anyway, um, so she was 29 when the crime took place. She immigrated from the Philippines six years prior. She had worked at another hospital before the current VA hospital. Um, the reasons why she was suspected was she was on duty when all the poisons took place, which I'm like... So we're like a thousand other people, yeah. not a thousand, but, you but, know. Yeah, it's like, so you went through everyone's people. shift schedule, pickup schedule, and you, yeah. 
It's just stupid. Um, so, and then the other thing that was kind of, um, uh, I guess, um, thing that they took as evidence was, um, one of the victims of having cardiac arrest identified her as Pia, um, but I guess her nickname was Pi, so he even got that wrong. Um, he said that she injected something into his IV right before his arrest. Um, so then she, they had her and a couple other nurses come into the room and they saw his blood pressure elevate, or blood, or heart rate elevate, and when she left, he was like, oh yeah, that's her. And, and, and granted, this was after he almost died from not being able to breathe. So he went through a really traumatic thing, and then he wakes up and he somehow thinks, like, it, it's, yeah, it, it's annoying. And then, um... That's so hard, because I feel like I really have a hard time with that, because it's like, I want to believe the victim, and be mm -hmm. like, the victim's not crazy, the victim's not, like, his heart rate went up, you mm -hmm. know, I want to believe him, but at the same time, like, I, I totally get where you're coming from, where it's mm -hmm. like, okay, the, yeah. Yeah. It's such a hard thing. No, it's... No, and it, it really, it's really disturbing to me, um, I mean, because on, on one hand I believe him, but on another hand, like, he obviously, like, it's, ugh, it's just so complicated. Yeah, I agree with you. And then, um, this, sadly, this patient later suffered brain damage, um, uh, after that, um, during heart surgery, and then he changed his story. But, because he had brain damage, his entire story... Like, even the heart rate thing, you know, even saying, oh, it was her, was thrown out. Because it's like, you had brain, like, he had brain damage, and then he, I think he passed away. Yeah, he passed away before the trial took place, so his entire, everything was just thrown out. Man, that sucks. Yeah. That's horrible. Um, the next, uh, suspect was nurse Leo, Leo, Leonora Perez. She was 31 when they took place. She immigrated from the Philippines also six years prior, and worked at another hospital before VA hospital. She did not work at the same one that uh, Filipino worked at. Okay. She worked at a different one. I made sure to check that because I was like, you know, because if they worked at the same one and then there was a history of similar, I'd be like, oh, yeah. maybe they were like a murdering duo, but no, they didn't work at the same one. Okay. Um, she was not suspected at first, but she was identified by a racist victim. Of course. Yes. So... Um, what really got her under suspicion was that, um, a victim's son, oh wait, let me see. Oh yeah, she was identified by one victim who was a racist, and then she was also, um, acting suspicious, quote-unquote, around another victim's son. So, what he said is that she was in the room with her, his father, and he came in, and he just stood there watching what she was doing. And she had her back towards him, didn't know he was there, um, and she, I guess, was working for about two minutes, and messing with his dad's IV. Um, then he said that right after she was done with the injections, his father sat up, gasped, and collapsed, and went into arrest. So, on one hand, that's pretty damning. Mm -hmm. On another hand, it takes three minutes. And he said as soon as she injected him, he had the arrest. So, it, it's confusing. Because yeah. on one hand, she, she had been there long enough, that she could have done it, I don't know, it's... 
I just have to wonder, okay, so if you, if you were an immigrant mm -hmm. and you were living in the 70s, which mm -hmm. immigration is still a hot topic today and people are still racist as fuck, but in the 70s still, like, I don't see the benefit. I mean, if she was the killer, it would have had to been just for, like, shits and giggles of being a murderer like mm -hmm. I don't see the benefit because it's like it's not even a um it's not even like uh stabbing someone where you could say okay well maybe they're just really fascinated with blood and human body mm -hmm. parts but I mean I guess you could say like holding someone's life in your hand is I mean yeah because there have been people who've done that but yeah well and the other thing is too is that I could look at this situation I mean he said he was only watching her for about he said a good two minutes. Okay. So it takes three minutes for the poison to take effect. Yeah. Say the girl got in there right before the sun did. Yeah. She looks at his IV. Huh. There's something weird going on with his IV. Works on it. Tries to figure out what's going on weird. And it's just like, well, it must not be anything. Injects the normal thing she needs to inject. And then he goes into cardiac arrest. Yeah. Like that can conceivably happen. Right. Um... So it's just frustrating because it's like, on one hand, it's kind of like, okay, that's crazy and that sounds that would be like just, it would be right. It's like but being a, in the wrong place at the wrong exactly. time. Ugh. And it's just sucks. so... So, um, the next, sus or the last suspect I'm going to talk about is, um, Betty Yakim. Um, and she was age 51 and, uh, I'm just going to give a quick trigger warning that I talk about, um, mental health and suicide, so... If you, if that topic bothers you, you might want to skip forward about maybe three minutes. Um, yeah. Um, so, Betty Akeem was the supervising nurse of both Leo, Leonora Perez and Filipina Nathiso. Um, she was not at the hospital every time the poisonings took place, but she was there for a couple of them. Okay. Um, during that time that the poisonings were taking place, she was undergoing cancer treatment. And the medication she was on caused mental instability, including depression and hallucinations. Okay. So, shortly after the crime t the crimes took place, she admitted herself into an Ann Arbor me mental hospital. Um, sadly, she completed suicide, but before her death, she told her psychiatrist that she was responsible for the poisonings. She also wrote a note, or also wrote it down in a note. And I don't know if this means that she thinks that she actually did the poisonings, or if she felt responsible because the people who were main suspects were under her care, mm -hmm. or supervision, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, either way, she was dropped as a suspect because she was suffering from mental health issues and hallucinations. Um, and, like... It, with the whole hallucination thing, I mean, because, like, I mean, I feel like people probably know this, but, like, I've suffered with mental health issues, and one of the most challenging things that I've had to deal with is when I get hyper-focused on a past situation mm -hmm. and trying to figure out exactly what happened in that situation, mm -hmm. and I'm very stressed, sometimes my, my brain can alter my memories to think I've done things that I have actually haven't done. Mm-hmm. Or, like, put the blame on yourself. Exactly. Or... Oh, nothing is worse than 2 a.m. in the morning when you're thinking about all the stupid mm -hmm. things you've done in your life and then you start blaming yourself. Yeah. And it's so hard because I don't want to, I don't want to say that people with mental illness can't commit murder because I definitely don't believe that. Yeah. 
Um, but at the same time, it is hard because somebody in that position could very well feel super responsible, like you said, Mm -hmm. and... Well, and, like, and I, yeah, no, and kind of, like, with my experience, it would be, like, for example, if I was walking behind you and I accidentally touched your butt, right, Mm -hmm. and I would be, like, I'd be, like, oh, great, I touched your butt. It was in the moment, total accident, didn't even, like, you know, try to do anything. And then I'd question, well, did I mean to do it? Was it my fault? Am I a pervert? Did I reach out and grab her butt? It's okay How much if she did I grab my butt? Yeah. I know, but like what I'm saying is it's like my mind goes into this whole dialogue about Yeah. You know, oh I'm a pervert. Oh I'm this, oh I'm that, you know, and that's Ugh. why I can see with Betty her having um that problem. Um, but at the same time she also did confess to it, so then it's also I don't know. It's it's a kind of yeah. I think, like, probably the right thing was to throw it out, but at the same time, part of me wonders, just because of her confession later. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I go back and forth in my mind. Yeah. Um, oh, and then, real quick, uh, I just wanted to read off the suicide hotline, just in case anyone who listened to this is going through some issues and they need help. Um, it's 800-273-8255. So, um, if you need help or know someone who needs help, please call that hotline. Um, on to the trial. Yes. Yes. So in June of 1976, a grand federal jury um, indicted both nurses, Nathiso and Perez, on 10 counts of poisoning, 5 counts of murder, and 1 count of conspiracy to commit murder. Damn. Yeah, a lot. Um, It was really difficult for them to find a a jury due to the racial tensions. Eventually... Yeah. Yeah. So it's really difficult. When they ended up on a jury, it was eight women and four men. So they got a pretty good ratio there, I personally yeah. think. Uh, I don't. I wasn't able to figure out what like race these women are. I mean, I don't know if it would have mattered on one hand, but on another hand, like I, I feel like it would have. So I'd be curious to see because you're supposed to be judged by people who are your peers. Was there anyone who was an immigrant from the Philippines on that jury? You know what I mean? Right. So they would have to be a U.S. citizen mm-hmm. to be on the jury, I believe, right? Yeah, I don't know. It, I, I don't think that you can be, like, have a visa and then be on a jury. Yeah. I think you have but if to they're, be. if they got their citizenship, I don't know. I just kind of feel like, I don't know. I, I, it, 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 I mean, I'm sure the people who put it together, if they were, if their intentions were good, they did what, they did the best they could, but yeah. who knows. Um... So, the jury was told that this case was based on, mostly, circumstantial evidence. Again, that's go to bed without snow, wake up with snow, assuming it snowed during the night. Um, however, no witnesses at the trial claimed to have seen the nurses inject any patient with Pavilon. No witnesses claimed to have heard the women planning to poison the patients. And there was no motive was proposed to explain the strange conspiracy described by the prosecution. Basically, the prosecution, their argument was, well, this hospital was really busy, and these people didn't want to work, and so they wanted to kill off patients to prove a point. And I'm like, okay, that's fucking insane. That's not... For multiple reasons. I'm like, one, if you immigrated to this country, generally, in my, from what I've heard and in my opinion, and I'm like, if I'm wrong, please correct me, but they came to this country to improve their lives and work 
a job and be a nurse. Yeah. Why would you jeopardize that by killing people? Like, get a different job, which maybe they didn't have the option, but you know what I mean? Like, I don't feel like that that would have been... It's certainly not a valid reason to just be like, oh, this this thing mm-hmm. probably happened. Well, and there was a conspiracy going around at the time that Filipino nurses were going around the country killing people. And it was just stupid get conspiracy. all the way off. Yeah. Off no, that. it was dumb. It get was off dumb of that. Um, I personally feel, again, the FBI wanted results and right and like, results more than right answers. Like, they wanted to, quote-unquote, solve the case more than they actually wanted to solve the case. So they just kind of were like, oh, this probably makes sense. Yeah, let's do this. Because they were, because of the whole Jimmy Hoffa disagreement. It is such a conflicting, Mm -hmm. like... Yeah, no, this case is really, like, really tears me up. Because, yeah, no, and it, it gets worse. Um... Uh, let me see. Um, so, um, one of the survivors, um, was this guy named Mr. Neely, okay? And he was brought on the stand. And he was a survivor of being injected by Pavilon. And he had fought in the Philippines during World War Two. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, this is what he said in his, tr- well, actually, wait a second. Oh, this is what he said in Hypnosis. You know, because they wanted to do, like, the regression therapy Oh, good lord. So this is what he said. Um, the, the defense said, Now, I think you said that you felt that one of the Filipino women had two strikes against her. Neely. Not just that one woman. All Filipino women. All foreign people from a foreign country. Defense. What are those strikes that they would have against them? Neely. Well, for one thing, being a foreigner out of the country. Defense. Oh, good. Yeah. I, I'm so, okay, keep going, mm-hmm. sorry. Defense, yes, why is that a strike against them? Neely, because they ain't American. Unlimited. Defense, and somehow that makes them not as good in someone's eyes? Neely, possibly. In your eyes? Not mine, no. He just, okay. Defense, you said there were two strikes against them in your mind. And that was one of them. Did you not say that? No, I would not. Not in my mind. I would have thought that they had two strikes against them according to uh, um, defense. Other things other people told you? Neely. What I had heard and been brought up with all my life. Defense. Are you saying that the people that you'd been around and you grew up with had expressed some prejudice for people that came from other countries? Neely. There had been remarks made like that, yes. Defense. What was the second strike against her? Neely. Being dark. Oh my lord. Get out of here with that. Stop. Um, Seriously. Defense. Being dark? Neely. Yes. Neely. Tell me that they just like fucking threw that entire thing out. Um... Please. I think I get to that in a bit. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm yeah, no, no, I got I'm it. just so fucking stressed out. What the mm-hmm. fuck? And then, so Neely subsequently described Nathio, Nathiso and Perez by using a racial slur that I didn't even... Originally, I was going to quote it, but I was like, no, I'm not even going to say this. Um, and claimed that there was a conspiracy of 1,800 Filipino nurses in the United States determined to kill U.S. veterans. Because that makes fucking sense. I'm so... 
That makes sense. Right? I'm just so, like, I... And here's the thing, like, okay, so... Here's the thing. I understand trauma. Mm-hmm. Um... I can sympathize about trauma. Mm -hmm. Like, we had, um... There was this one woman who, um who I heard about where it was like she was um, Chinese and mm -hmm. she was absolutely horribly racist towards any Japanese okay. because of the war that had happened and Japanese men had come over and like raped a bunch of women oh, okay. and all that stuff. And so she was like horribly racist. I understand the trauma behind it. You're so racist, but I understand the trauma mm -hmm. behind it that you can't wrap your head around. Yeah. You know that. So it's like, okay, if you were in a war and you were so used to viewing certain people as the enemy, mm -hmm. I can understand the trauma behind that. Yeah. But it's also your fucking job yeah. to go to therapy and work that shit out. Yeah. Not bring it back and then yeah. view every person who looks like that or mm -hmm. is from that country as less than or the enemy or whatever yeah. like it's it's yeah no it's very frustrating um i i'm trying to remember um i thought that they i'm trying to look at my nose i'm pretty sure that they threw that out because it was under hypnosis i might come to it again um i why the fuck were they even doing hypnosis in a court i don't know because they're they're just trying to get it's evidence the 70s and yeah. everyone was so, um, Dr. Ann Hall, um, she was the really cool lady at the beginning who discovered that it was that poison. She had discovered, um, or had created a new type of test to detect Pavlon in deceased people. That was thrown out of court because it being such a new science. Um, that's kind of just like a side note. Um, so the jury took 13 days to decide on a verdict. In the beginning, most of the jury thought that the nurses were innocent. But for some reason, by the end, none of them did. I wonder why. They thought that their stories changed too much and were too inaccurate to be the truth. Which I look at and I'm like, okay, you're on trial. It's been a year. Do you remember every single freaking day of your life a year later? Well, also not to mention you're probably terrified. Well, and then the also other thing I was thinking too, um, so since they're from the Philippines... It was the Philippines, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Philippines. Um, they're, the main language spoken in that country is Filipino and English. So English could, like, I mean, I don't know if English was their second or first language, mm -hmm. but if it was their second language, and they're talking in English, like, I don't know about you, but I would, like, I mean, you can be fluent in English, but then still have problem like communication could have been off mm -hmm. for several reasons anxiety well, translation everything English like that. is also by far the hardest language to learn because it's, yeah. a, it's a melding of so many other languages yeah and then the amount of weird slurs and all that slang mm -hmm. and everything that we well and then also, not slurs, and, also I mean, and they <laughs> and they and even if they did like have English as their first language they also had accents it also was a year later. Like, I know if I was on trial for something that happened a year ago, I would not remember what. I can't remember what I did yesterday. Exactly. Exactly. 
Um, so that was kind of bullshit. Um, the verdict of the jury was there were three counts of poisoning and conspiracy. So they took murder off the table. But they were like, yeah, they still poison people. Isn't poisoning murder? I mean, yeah, but I mean, I don't think... You can poison someone without them dying. Okay. But people did die. So I think the reason why they didn't charge them with the murder was because the test to prove that Pavilion was in the systems of the deceased people mm -hmm. was thrown out. So I don't think that they could technically prove that the murders were from that. Like, that was very circumstantial. I don't know. It was... It was just so annoying. And... So three counts of poisoning and conspiracy. So, sadly, both of the women were put in jail. Oh. So, um... Wow, like, that... 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 De-escalated quickly. Mm -hmm. Or escalated whatever. But wait, there's more. So, um, later that year, Judge Pratt granted a request for a new trial, and he ruled that the prosecutors created an overwhelming amount of prejudice. No dare. Yeah. No well, dare. Good for him. Um, however, there was a new U.S. Attorney um, General, and he decided not to retry them, so they were just released from jail. Oh. Yeah, because um, from my understanding, it was something along the lines of he was in a new position, he didn't want to look bad, so he just didn't want to deal. So he was like, whatever. Well, that's not very responsible. Nope. Nope. I mean, even if there, even though there was a ton of prejudice, I mean, the, I mean, there's still a chance that they were the murderers. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the thing, and that's what's so, difficult I mean, about this case is because I'm gonna be on these women's side as much as possible, but then. There are just, like, the slight things that I'm like, okay, I can understand, and I can understand that, but at the same time, it's like, it could be to someone totally different. Or even, I mean, Betty, you know, the their supervisor, could have given them incorrect instructions. Mm -hmm. There could have been a mislabeled bottle. There could have been a total mistake. Mm -hmm. It could have been a total mistake. Or someone could have intentionally mislabeled something, exactly. and they did distribute it unknowingly. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, there's so many other things that are just not criminal that could have happened. Um, so, um, they were in jail for about a year. Um, then they were released, and they both got jobs elsewhere, and they never talked about the case again. Just, well, yeah. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. I don't think I would want to either. I'd no. be like, this country sucks. Yeah. I mean, that's if I was innocent. Yeah. Well, and during... If they, if they were guilty, then, wow, they got away pretty... Oh, jeez. That was a... Yeah. Well, and then during the trial, there was a whole ton of publicity. So, um, during the trial, representatives from the Philippines attended, including Dr. Pes Ethico Marcos. He was the brother of the Philippine president and head of defense fund. Um, he expressed shock and said that it was a miscarriage of justice, and that was from Time Magazine. So, you know, someone yeah. from the country came over who had a doctorate and was still like, this was fucked up. Um, community support, nursing groups rallied behind them, and um, they also had supporters in Malia, which is the capital of the Philippines, and in the U.S., um, raised, they all raised a defense fund of more than $100,000. So wow. people who knew them, people who were in their home country, they raised $100,000 for these women. I'm going to look up how much $100,000 would yeah. be today. And then, um, 
At the University of Michigan, many feminists and liberals regarded the nurses as victims of an overzealous local FBI office eager to redeem itself after failure to crack the still unsolved case of the teen of the former Teamsters boss Jimmy Hoffa that same summer. Wow. So it goes back to Jimmy Hoffa's disappearance and guys being like, oh, I can't stop it. Uh, so $100,000 in uh, 1975 is about $505,000. That's, that's cool. Yeah, so that's half, a lot. Half a million. Half a million dollars, yeah. Wow. Um, and then I just wanted to real quick touch on um, things that we can do now to help prevent stuff like this happening again. Um, for me, um, like, education has been really important to me, like, as far as, like, being, realizing that it's my responsibility to go out and to learn things about different cultures and how people feel discriminated against mm -hmm. and stuff like that, like, just assume, like, just realizing that responsibility. Um, like, I love watching YouTube interviews. Um, like, for example, recently I'd watched one that was, um a panel of, um, black people talking about how they wanted, how they could, I think it was how black people could better be represented in the media or how important black stories were and, like, why, and basically, I mean, it boiled down to just being, like, our stories are important and we want them to be heard. Yeah. Which, obviously, I mean, everyone's story is important. Um, and it's just, like, so, I mean, education for me, and then, um, also you can read more about this case. Um, by, uh, let me see, there's a couple books. There's Critical Race Poets, Poetics, and The Ghostly Matter of the U.S. versus Narcisco and Perez, and that was written by Dr. Jason Perez, who was the son of Leonora. Wow. Yeah. So her son, obviously, he thought she was innocent, so I'm, like, that's another reason for me. I'm like, I don't think that if you were a doctor, yeah, I don't think that you would have written a book risking your whole career if you didn't believe, truly believe that your mother was innocent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's another book, Empire of Care, Nursing Migration in Filipino-American History by Catherine, um, Senita Choi, um, which kind of goes in the details of that general whole conspiracy that that veteran referenced about the nurses coming to America to kill veterans. Yeah. Um, there are also articles that will be in the show notes that different size, things that I source it. Um, there's <laughs> Paralyzing Summer, written by Elizabeth O'Neill and S. Martin Lindar, Lindar um, who was the chief of staff when the poisonings happened. And then there's also a documentary made by um, an MSU journalism prof um, and her students called That Strange Summer. Um, so those are kind of like things that if you were curious more about the case or just about um, this whole stupid conspiracy that was behind this, um, that you can look into. Um, and then if you also, like, monetarily wanted to donate anything, um, there is the Innocent Innocence Project that was founded in 1992 by Peter and, um, Neufeld and Barry Sheck, um, that, uh, exonerates wrongly convicted people through DNA testing and works to re reform the critical, the criminal justice system to prevent future injustice. So, like, I don't know, like, I just feel like that looking at one of this looking at this story and it's kind of like a tragic story that I look at and I'm like, okay, what can I do? Mm -hmm. Like, I know this information, 
what do I do to make a difference? And I don't know, this is what I feel like, like, you know, yeah. my personal opinion. I was like, okay, well, those are actionable steps. Like, if you're kind of like, I don't know, inspired by, uh, or not, not inspired by me, but it, I don't know how best to put it. But If you're, if you're inspired by, uh, like this case and yeah. how, how you can prevent things like this happening yeah. in the future. Yeah. Um, and then also the link to the Innocence Project will also be in the show notes. Um, and that is the story of the Ann Arbor murders. Wow. And that was the shortened version. Can we just say in conclusion, Ann Arbor sucks. Ann Arbor sucks. Actually, they don't. I love Ann Arbor. I'm totally kidding. I love Ann Arbor. I mean, they have rock walls and they got yummy restaurants. episode three part two tune in next week to listen to an episode that we haven't decided the topic on yet right but we will very very shortly yes. and it will knock your socks off it will you will be socksless yeah and you'll you'll love us even more please mm -hmm. follow us on instagram at how not to die pod and on tiktok at how not to die podcast Yes, and we're going to be putting up a website and merch soon, so if you want to support us like that. Or, honestly, the most simple way that you could support us is just going on Apple Podcast or Spotify or your favorite podcatcher, following us and setting um, the settings to download our episodes or be notified when our episodes drop, because those analytics really help boost the podcast. Um, or also texting um this podcast to a friend who you think would enjoy it they also boost our egos oh yeah um, that's the most important part that's literally the most important i mean my my 12 year old boy ego mm -hmm. needs to be inflated we have the ego of old men so please yeah. please old men and 12 year old boys yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we uh we need that yeah we need it so. constant validation anyway uh we will talk soon and try not to die. Oh yes. Don't die. Don't die.